Coming to you from the weirdest city in the world, Austin, Texas. This is the Sports Buzz. With your host, Spencer Spillman. God damn it, man. I swear you guys whip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. And his co-host, Zach Chandonet. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! And of course, the extremely unqualified producer, Ballot. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Time to sit back, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the ride. Here's your host. Oh, I almost forgot. Our favorite expert, Chad Goodall. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Let's get this thing started. Cheers. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sports Buzz. I'm your host, Spencer Stillman. This is our podcast where we talk sports and get a buzz on. As always, that buzz is brought to you by the beautiful, the delicious, strange lamb brewery. Since we don't have any beers that are open. Oh my god, Dale, slacking, are you kidding dude. me? Super slacking. Is this your first um, podcast? Jesus Christ. I will say, it is a beer for any occasion. It's a beer for all occasions. Beer for every occasion? Chad, would you like uh, No, I'm actually still good on... On this one right here. Okay. But I appreciate you offering to open my beer after we started the podcast. You know, jeez. Yeah, I, I got it as quick it's as like I could. not like it's your job or anything, but. I got it as quick as I could, made as much noise as possible. Yeah, I'm sure That's all very, these very, new very mics very picked true. all that up. Probably. <laughs> Probably. If you're listening, you're listening on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please give us some five star reviews. Uh, follow us, subscribe. Um, let us know how we're doing. Give us a review. Got uh, no coach tonight, but my co-host Chad is back. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, man. Doing well. Uh, we got a lot of good show bets going on, as well as some playoff everything. I absolutely love this. Yeah, yeah. We got playoff basketball going on right now. Uh, we were watching playoff hockey earlier. Uh, we're still kind of following it, right? That's still going on. Yeah, it's still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, our producer Ballad pressing buttons over there. Happy Thanks for being here. That was a little... Hey, leg. There you go. Yeah, new equipment, you know. It's yeah, kinda, yeah. You gotta get new, new interface. New yeah. equipment, same computer, whatever. Um, this is our amateur hour. Uh, we got a really good conversation, good interview with Mitchell Ballard coming up. Our draft expert. Oh, I'm super excited about that. <clears throat> yeah, we'll recap uh, the past weekend of the NFL draft. Um, as I mentioned, this show is sponsored by the beautiful, delicious Strangeland Brewery. Uh, coming up on May the 12th, Ballad, they got a new beer release. New beer release. You, they're releasing the Margarita Goza. 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 We really, uh, I've been joking with Adam every time I come out of the brewery how bad we butchered that in the first like five episodes we were talking about it. But at the party, $20 is going to get you two beers of choice, a plate full of the finest Hispanic Mexican south of the border Tex-Mex food that you could put on your plate. Uh, while you're there, you're gonna be able to buy all the other beers they have on tap. I heard something around, you know, 15, 16 limited release beers. You're only gonna be able to get at this party things like tequila barrel aged uh, beers, uh, apple empanada pills, 
uh, things you've never heard of. Again, oh. they are Strangeland Brewery. Going with the empanada, keeping it with the uh, Mexican theme. I like yeah. it. Yeah, well, it's a it's a dose, a dose de mayo party is what is what they're calling it. So, uh, dose de mayo. Get like, your tickets. De mayo? De mayo, de mayo, whatever. De mayo. I don't know. You know I'm, not, I'm not the Mexican on the podcast. We're in Austin, guy. guys. We're in Austin. Most people, well, a lot of people that live in Texas are white. Give us a break. Yeah. Um, they also, yeah. if you're not going to be able to make it to that party, go and get you a six pack of the new Mix Six. That's uh, two plowshare, two pills, and two IPAs. Uh, Bobby, two, two, two. Find that. Uh, Specs, Twin Liquors, Whole Foods, H-E-B, all around Austin, local bottle shops. You can find it down south in San Marcos where I'm at. Um, you said they're going to Dallas. You're, you're neck of the woods soon. How about it? They should be. Might, it might be there right now. Might, uh, who knows? Go, go ask for it if, yeah. you're, if you're up in the D-Town. Yeah, and if they don't have it, ask for it anyways. Um, and then our other Demand sponsors. Uh, our other sponsors, Mountain Breeze Campground. Uh, follow them. Find out all the information on their website, mountainbreezecamp.com. Uh, go out there, camp, tube, raft. Uh, it's right there in New Braunfels in the middle of River Road on the beautiful Guadalupe River. Um, the water's a little low, but the atmosphere is always good. Actually, we have a, a little live music coming this weekend by a good friend of ours, Wes Nixon. Uh, so if you're looking for some live music, and don't want to deal with the Cinco de Mayo crowd, come on out to Mountain Breeze. Watch Wes. He's always a good time. Uh, follow the brewery at Strangeland Brew. Follow us at SportsBuzzTX on Twitter. And as I mentioned, MountainBreezeCamp.com. Let's go ahead and get into our show business. Let's do it. Uh, we are back to our normal schedule. Last week we flipped things uh, because the draft was on a Thursday. Uh, and we do record on a Tuesday every week. If you're just now listening to the show, um, coach is out. Got a little little sick today at work. I'm not sure what. Oh, he... coach, coach, little Tommy's oh, a little, bit. little little Tommy got hurt. Uh, that there's been a hundred percent chance of rain today. So uh, yeah, I haven't seen much of know? it. I saw a little bit of it uh, after picking up this beautiful new interface that we we're using tonight. And Ballad has been kicking ass on it. I gotta say, I'm impressed, man. Like I said, it, it came with a manual, so you know, <laughs> unlike you know the semi equipment we've we've procured over the over the years. That's true. That's true. No door stops here. But I will say it's funny, you can read the manual, but when it comes to names Horrible. Definitely can't read those. Horrible. Well, names, you know, they've got so many syllables, so many different nationalities. That's true. Their manual is in English. Okay. So <laughs> that part was very helpful. And there was a lot. In, in, in my in my defense, there were a lot of pictures in the manual as well. So Ooh, that helps. Uh, nice. I'm a big picture guy, of course. You know, coloring nothing books. Better, nothing better than a well orchestrated graph of the grid to you know make it easy to get things set up. <laughs> nothing better than a Very good true. coloring book, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I love the color. As I mentioned, Zach's out. Oh shit! <laughs> you got a drink for that Coach one, is out. Dale. Chad is back, and it's good to have you back, buddy. Hey, it's a pleasure to be back. Uh, grace everyone with my presence. I'm not selling vacuums today, so uh, we're good to go. Uh, yeah. I was selling vacuums today, just not tonight. Leasing vacuums. Leasing. Week. Oh, is that renting. what it is? Okay. Well, if you're not selling them, you must be leasing them. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but hey, uh, we have no coach, so no trivia for you tonight. I'm sorry. No trivia. And I think we got you... something a little bit better than that, though. We do. Cap. We do have something better in the nightcap. Maybe not for you, but it's still going to be good. We did make a show bet. Let's go ahead and flip it back over to that show bet. We uh, we took the Nashville Predators 
plus one and a half goals. Um, right now, Winnipeg is up five to four. Uh, so we're still on the show bet. We're still okay on the show bet for now. But as we talked in the pro show, got to watch out for those uh, empty netters when they pull the goalie. Yeah, and when we had a side bet in the for the show, uh, Dale and I had a disagreement on the over-under for the game. <laughs> I thought that six uh... goals was way too many because it's hockey and it's the playoffs. And I said that this game has to go under. Dale, with conviction, said it would go over. I said, you know what? Let's take the easy win with the Predators plus one and a half, and we'll put a side bet on the over-under. And... Dale, what was your original suggestion of the bet we should make? You know, I was trying to keep it easy, keep it simple, and I just said that one person gets, you know, a couple minutes to uh, claim to be the the Chell betting expert, um, get to roast the other person for, for completely blowing this call on not betting this game. And you said, that's way too easy. We can do better than that. Yeah, I said, I said that's soft. Loser has to hold a lot of the hamster during the nightcap. Uh, and nobody wants that. Yeah, no one wants that because Lana has bitten every person who has ever touched her. And she hasn't been touched in a long time, so she, you know she's thirsty for blood. <laughs> so uh, after the interview with Mitchell, we're going to do the nightcap. And I'm going to see if I can somehow hold Lana without getting bitten. Uh, if I was a betting man, which of course I am, <laughs> I would put the house on Lana definitely biting me yeah. later tonight. Yeah. You definitely get minus... Negative money on uh, Lana biting as opposed to not biting. Minus 10,000. All right. Well, hey, let's go ahead and get right into our interview with Mitchell. And then we will do... Oh, do you want to do chicken wings first? Right? Yes. Well, we're not going to take a break uh, because, you know... No breaks. I could go through and edit the podcast and put a little porch like, okay, well, here's a break and then we'll come back with Mitchell Bow. But I'm obviously not going to do that. Not going to happen. So, uh, guys, gentlemen, let me get your chicken wing picks for... Episode 79. You first, expert. Ooh, I'm going to go with Mango Habanero. Mango Habanero. Oh, man. Sooner or later, it's going to be Mango Habanero, but this week, I'm going to go... I feel like he hasn't gone out and bought any new wing sauces, so I'm going to go Classic Mm. Buffalo. Castle Buffalo from Dale. All right. And yeah, let's get into Mitchell's interview. Um, And without further ado, Ballad. Give us that interview. All right. Welcome him back onto the Sports Buzz, my little brother, and our, I guess we can call him draft expert now, Mr. Mitchell Ballad. Brother, what's going on tonight, man? How you doing, man? First of all, I'd like to say not an expert, just a guy who likes football, uh, you know, trying to put some, put some information out there for other folks who like football. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Your picks were uh, were less than a hundred percent accurate, but for for the effort you put in, I think I think you did a pretty good job, better than you ever did in school or real sports or anything that I can remember. So hey, a lot better than any of us ever did. So <laughs> you got a couple up on there. Well, and and for your effort, we're gonna open a couple of beers here and drink drink for you, since uh, you know hopefully you're drinking with us, but uh, we definitely owe you a few beers. I know, and you got the host of the podcast as your brother, and he's never brought Strangeland down to you. It's kind of depressing. I, I bring, I brought it down. It just never makes it to him. You know? <laughs> well, that's true. It's a yeah. long drive. It is a long drive. You always make Haley drive, right? So it's always like, uh, 
you know, three and a half hours, you definitely kill twelve pack in that amount of time. At sure. least. <laughs> Well, hey, let's let's go ahead and get right on into it, Mitchell, um, and and talk. Uh, really, um, what we say, we're gonna do your your report card first, and well, hold on before we get into Mitchell's latest uh, blog post, which you can get at mitchellsmock.blogspot.com. I want to talk about something that happened right before the draft. Uh, a little hashtag hashtags, if you will. Oh yeah, I like it. So uh, for those who have uh, live under a rock, uh, the we're, we're basically a poor man's part of my take, the premier podcast from Barstool Sports. Uh, Mitchell and I both listen to the podcast. We're big fans. And uh, the Friday before the draft, Big Cat was basically ranting about how everyone and their mother has you know, written a, a mock draft and they all suck and went on this real long rant about it. And the very end was like, but I want to basically send someone viral Someone send me a link to uh, a a mock draft, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna send this one to the. I'm gonna try to crash their website, basically. So I was up bright and early. I know Mitchell was as well, and I texted Mitchell. I was like, "Dude, you listen to Barstool or uh, part of my take this morning? This could totally be you." And and what you what you say, Mitchell? He said, "Yes, go ahead and send it in." Yeah, and you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I sent it. I tweeted at, at uh, Big Cat I, with the link. I said. My brother is going way too deep into these mock drafts. You're welcome. Not five minutes later, he retweets it to his five hundred thousand followers. And there's a shade under half, uh, over half a million. And next thing you know, my phone is just blowing up with likes, comments, retweets, and to my surprise, the. The feedback is pretty good. People kind of really dug your uh, at least 4.0 version of the mock draft. I was I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think I think people thought it was real gritty. Um, you know, nothing nothing fancy here. Um, I don't have any sources, so most of this is me kind of talking out of my ass and just really inserting my own opinions into what I think the team should do. So yeah, in fact, people actually appreciated it. Um, meant a lot. Went from about 25 average page views to like 250 on that one post. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I think people really like to see kind of a different perspective. Like you said, you don't have the sources, just kind of a regular Joe out there making your predictions, and it's not uh, not some talking head coming from the four-letter network. So, uh, yeah. yeah even the two analysts that they have on it didn't even predict Baker Mayfield going first overall anyway. So what idiots are they? I mean, come on. Mike Mayock. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> Every one of them. Well, hey, let's yeah, go. Well, I think. Do you remember uh, our last conversation? We talked about Baker because that's when the noise starts to get a little louder. And uh, we kind of laughed about it, but man, yeah, that man. week went by and it just kind of got hard to ignore. You started hearing uh, Adam Schefter talking about it. Um, some, some people I actually really do trust in the draft community. I'm saying Baker was the guy, so yeah, you can either be stubborn there with Donald or adapting with Mayfield. Yeah, and it, it was crazy. We did laugh about it. We thought they can't be that stupid, but sure enough, um, the hype <laughs> did just keep on growing. Um, but hey, let's go ahead and get into uh, the the mock draft report card that it's up on the latest blog post. Yeah, sure. So uh, um, I managed to pick four player team matches. Um, 
That's compared to about last year, the average was six in the industry. Uh, this year, I think it was seven. So, uh, not great, but, uh, you know, not terrible. I got the guys I wanted to get. Um, who did I pick? I picked, picked Baker to the Browns, uh, Quentin Nelson to the Colts. Um, who else did I have? Leighton Van Der Esch to the Cowboys, of course. And uh, one, one other... One other pick I got right, but you know this is this is hard stuff because you you miss one pick and you know you miss you miss one rose in it too, and now that means that you miss rose in it ten. So every every pick you miss, you really miss two. So you know it's it's not easy, but man, it was it was a hell of a time. Well, Mitchell, you know, jump in for a second. I was talking to Dad before you know Thursday, like you know driving home from Thursday, and he was like, "Hey, so." If Mitchell was like 80% right, that'd be pretty good, right? I was like, dude, if Mitchell's like 10% right, he should quit his job and go start working at ESPN. And I don't think that he understood how hard it was. But what I told him was, it's like trying to fill out a perfect bracket. When Virginia loses in the first round, it fucks up your whole thing and it's almost impossible to recover. So, I mean... I didn't. I, we were my dad and I were trying to guess what the what the uh, industry professional average was. I didn't think it was as low as six, but that's pretty crazy. The the highest I saw was ten. Someone got ten right picks, and uh, that's pretty damn impressive. So good to him. But you know, I got a twenty four out of the thirty two first rounders right. I felt a lot better about that. Getting getting seventy five percent of the guys in the first round. I'll go over, uh, you know, the guys that I missed, if that's all right with y'all. Yeah, sure. please do. So, uh, first guy, Jair Alexander, cornerback, Louisville. Um, I want to say I definitely regret this because I, I overthought it. I had him in the first in every one of my mocks before and then took him out at the last second. Um, I don't know what I was thinking, but, you know, he, he's a great player. So, uh, he went to the Packers, and I think that was a great pick. Uh, Billy Price. I had him as a first rounder in my mock draft 1.0, but then he actually uh, tore his pectoral muscle at the combine. Um, a lot of people had that, you know, pushing him down to the second because he was going to miss some time. But you know, the Bengals took a risk on him anyway, so um, I don't know how that's going to work out, but we'll see. Uh, DJ Moore to the Panthers. You know that that one kind of makes sense. Um, I think I remember talking to y'all saying Calvin Ridley's stock was going down. Uh, there's a chance DJ Moore could be the first guy off the board. And uh, Carolina desperately needed a wide receiver. I had him take Ridley and only Ford said. Uh, can't really fault him there. Uh, Hayden Hurst, the Ravens. I don't understand this. I think it's a stupid pick. I don't think anyone um, understands it. <laughs> like, I, I, he's, I don't even think he was the best tight end. Like, I thought Dallas Goddard was the guy. Um... You know, the Ravens actually took two tight ends, um, him and Mark Anders, with like mm-hmm. two of their first four picks. Um, they obviously have something going on there. So, <laughs> or don't really get maybe, that. Maybe Harbaugh lost a coach's bet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Or uh, Ozzie Newsom, the GM over there, he gets pretty creative. So, um, this, is his last, this is his last draft, too, so he just wanted to make a splash by picking tight ends, I guess. That and moving up into the late first round. Yeah, to get Lamar Jackson. Yeah. We can we can uh, go on a little tangent there if y'all want. Yeah. Talk about Lamar Jackson. 
Yeah. That's all we do on this show is tell go me, on tangents. Tell me what you think about that move. With a team that has supposedly their franchise quarterback already there, signs Robert Griffin in the offseason to kind of come in, and then drafts another mobile quarterback. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, Robert Griffin the third. that's definitely a franchise quarterback, if I heard you right. You know, that's the guy you really want to bank on. Um, but but all, in all seriousness, I thought they would take a quarterback. I didn't really see Lamar Jackson fit there. But, you know, the NFL is changing, so they, you know, hop into the back of the first and grab him. I was surprised he slipped that far anyway, but, you know, I think I think he's going to, you know, surprise a lot of people. He's not going to play this year. Um, I'm not sure how long Flacco's contract goes till, but, you know, Lamar Jackson could use some time on the bench anyway. Yeah, I think, I think he has two years left on his contract, but... Regardless, it's a complete change from their offensive scheme that they have in place right now to bring in a guy like Lamar Jackson. So it's just very interesting to see the dynamic of that organization change kind of overnight in who they're looking for, you know, in a in a quarterback, especially with the addition of RG3 and now Lamar Jackson. So that to me was one of the biggest surprises I thought because Baltimore's always been, especially when Ray Rice was there, was a run first, ground and pound. You know, hit some receivers on the outside, but never relying on a mobile quarterback. So it's it's interesting to see kind of that transition over time. But anyways, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was a little surprised too, but, you know, there's a reason that um, he's in the front office making picks, and I'm sitting on my couch right now. So uh, That's true. You know, it is, it is what it is. Um, another guy I missed, uh, Rashad Penny. Um I don't think I heard anybody say he was going to be the second running back on the board. Um, that was that was pretty surprising. Uh, I, I've been hearing that he was rising up some teams' boards, but for the Seahawks to take him in the first round, um, you know, I, I don't get that at all. There were so many good backs there in the second. I think he would have been there in the second. What, what did y'all think about the Rashad Penny pick? Yeah, that that was a weird one. Um, you know, everybody was talking about. Obviously, Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, um, the the big name guys, obviously. But then to to go out of out of left field there and take Penny, it's uh, maybe they just really liked his workout, um, liked his interviews. I mean, you know how some GMs and and coaches get. You know, you you like a guy for his work ethic, you like him for his personality. Um, maybe they just fell in love with the kid. Penny's the guy from San Diego State, right? Right. Yeah, that kid yeah. is an animal, though. He's I mean, good. He racked up, you know, what, Four th- what he over had, 4, like, yards. He had like nine school records or something by the yeah. time he left there. Um, with you know, it, it, it's it's curious because it's the same thing with Seattle is that they're kind of changing who their identity is on offense. So it's curious to kind of see this through the draft on where teams are trying to go. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty surprised they didn't go offensive line in the first round. Um. You know, their protection is just inexistent um, for Russell Wilson. Uh, I was, you know, I couldn't believe they just bypassed one of those great guards in the first. But, yeah, it's just how it is. Um, okay, so another guy I missed on, Terrell Edmonds. Um, I have to say this was by far the most mind-boggling. This guy, you know, most people saw as like a third-round pick. And, you know, you know, if you like a guy, go get him, but... Man, you could have sat back into the late second and taken this guy. Um, I, I know some Steelers fans 
they're freaking pissed. Um, this has Mike Tomlin written all over it. This was not a GM's pick. Terrell Edmonds, are you serious? <laughs> uh, yeah, that no, 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 no idea. <laughs> I, I got nothing to say. You said you said it perfect. Yeah, just huh, don't know what to think about that. But uh, I'm just glad okay, I'm not a Steelers fan. Just think about that on draft night, hearing that. Oh. Okay, so who else? Mike Hughes. The Vikings took him at pick. I want to say it was 30 or so. Um, I did have him going in mock draft 1.0 to the Vikings. Unfortunately, it does not count. Um, <laughs> he, he was a stud, though, with the national champion UCF um, football team. But... Uh, <laughs> He he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a difference maker on special teams, um, in kick return. He's gonna be um, he's gonna bolster that defensive back core. Um, Terrence Newman's coming back for another year, which is surprising, but Jesus. you know he'll be there. He'll be there to step in. So you know I like that pick a lot. He's a stud. Well, that's what you want in your first round picks, guys who are used to winning and used to winning championships. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that we recognize UCF as. The 2018 national champions. Well, a, f- a few, oh. a few people will recognize him as that. Not all of us. Hey, people do they who matter. Rings? Do they have? Do they have signage in their stadium? They Absolutely. Do. They do have all rings. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It they they checked off all the boxes. I can do the math for you again if you want. <laughs> <laughs> what were they? Thirteen and zero or something? Thirteen and zero. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Tell us your last, uh, your last miss, Mitchell. Last miss, Sony Michelle. Um, he went to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought that was a pretty nice pick too. They lost Deion Lewis this year, so I think right now they got like Rex Burkhead, um, Jeremy Hill, Mike Gillisley, kind of a bunch. Of, I mean, Burkhead's all right, but a really you know a bunch of average guys. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sonny Michelle uh, step in there and be the starter pretty early on. He's he's a real good player and. Um, you know, some people were surprised he went ahead and Nick Chubb. Uh, I wasn't too surprised. He, and I thought he was the better running back. But Chubb did go a few picks later to the Browns. I know one of y'all said you're a big Nick Chubb guy. Um, I, I, I'm on your side on this, Mitchell. I, I really like Sonny Michelle, and I agree with you. I thought he was the better running back. Um, he's maybe the patch, he's the pass catching running back. Out of maybe backfield, coach. So. Thought that he was, or said he was a Nick Chubb guy, but Probably. but honestly, I thought the way Sonny ran and the and the way what Chad said, you know, the way he could catch it out of the backfield, I thought he was a better versatile back. Agreed. Yeah, he gets compared to Sean McCoy a lot. Um, you know, I think that's that's pretty accurate. He's gonna be good. He's gonna score touchdowns there too in that offense. Oh yeah, especially with the way that they utilize their backs out of the backfield, New England. Um, mm-hmm. it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary, and New England did a really good job too of kind of getting some, you know, uh, interior linemen as well to help bolster that the tackle situation that they have. I mean, what did they lose? Three of their top tackles. I say three of the top yeah. tackles because one guy was a ro- uh, a floating rotation guy, but um, yeah, I mean, they I think they did a really good job in the draft. Yeah, they I mean, went got Isaiah Wynn, which I I like that pick a lot. Um, you know they. They definitely needed needed some help up front. I definitely think they addressed it. So um, they they I like the first two picks. Um, 
Yeah, that a boy. Good. Um, so, Mitch, I know I know that you missed on a ton of people, but your list of people uh, that were steals is just as long. So, pick out a couple of your favorites, uh, a couple, a couple steals from the from the draft yeah, as well. This is, I got a little carried away, but uh, you know, there's definitely some names on here. Let me see. Um, Derwin James to 17. Um, you know, I really thought the Cowboys were going to jump up and get him. Yeah, but I think they, you know. In all honesty, I think that if he was there and Lee Van Der Esch was on the board, I think they were going to take Lee Van Der Esch. I think he was higher for them. Um, they didn't even flinch. I was watching the war room footage the whole time. They didn't even pick up the phone. So, um, you know, I'm not sure why German James slid. I guess Team CM is a better athlete than football player right now. But uh, I think the Chargers got a really good player at 17. Absolutely. Uh, the next guy, James Daniels. Um, slid all the way to 39 into the early second. Um, I had him as my first-ranked guard in the draft. Um, apparently, he slid because of effort and character issues. And uh, just a little side note on that. You know, it's really hard uh, to know what happens in these interviews. But, you know, these teams talk. And, you know, if you look at the guys that slid, um, James Daniels, Harold Landry, various guys, all slid because of character issues that, mm-hmm. um, you know, if the NFL is a, it's a, you know, big group thing. And if, if guys get the feeling that a player can't be a good teammate, they're going to slide every time. Yeah. I did hear some weird stuff about guys, uh, altercations and he was kind of bullshitting through his answers and in his interviews. Um, let's skip over Connor Williams and save that for some cowboy talk. What else you got down there? Uh, lower on the list. Let's see, Ronnie Harrison um, in the late third to the Jaguars. Uh, their defense is going to get even better. Yeah. I was surprised he slipped. I think a lot of teams are kind of, um, they were passing over these box safeties and looking more for, uh, you know, like center field type free safety. So I think that's the reason he slid. Um, let's see, Maurice Church, that's probably the most notable. Um, round five. He was kind of a consensus round one guy in terms of talent, but, you know, out of the combine, um, they did an EKG on him and found out he had these really bad heart issues, mm-hmm. uh, really serious stuff. And, you know, the majority of the league actually took him completely off their board. I kept hoping the Cowboys were going to take him there in the fourth. Um, they had no interest. I, I imagine, like, you know, 75% of the league was just not going to pick him. Um you know, if he if he can overcome whatever it is, then I think the Raiders got to steal there. Yeah, and let's let's go ahead and uh, and talk about the real. I mean, the story of the draft. Uh, talk about Shaq. Shaquem Griffin, man, reunited with his brother Shaquille Griffin. Um, so I know the Seahawks. They they liked him a lot. I think in the fifth round, that's pretty good value. Um, I kind of saw him as a you know top. 100 guy, uh, you know, maybe early fourth. Um, he's going to step in, you know, immediately be a special teams contributor and possibly compete, um, you know, to start for that Seahawks team, at least in some rushing packages. He's a real good player. Um, you know, I'm happy for him. I think it's a great story. Yeah, it's definitely the story of the draft. And, uh, you know, I almost wonder if Pete Carroll did it 
just because I'm sure those those brothers, twin brothers, play together better on the same team. Ballard, you look like you had to say something there. I was going to say, you know, anytime you get to bring in a national champion onto your team, that's that's, <laughs> that's a good idea. Um, I want to circle back to the other big story, uh, the one that came in round one. Josh Rosen slips to pick 10. It's very, you know, what he had to say afterwards was, you know, fairly controversial. I'm kind of pulling for Josh Rosen. I think the NFL needs heels like this in the quarterback position. You know, everyone's so, you know, PC and nice guy about it. I kind of like Josh Rosen's chips on his shoulder. So I was just kind of curious, Mitchell, what you thought about Josh Rosen slipping to 10. And, and if, are you on this guy's side or what's what's your take on that? Man, I, I was on an island um, for people who like Josh Rosen. I thought he was the best pure passer in the draft. Um, you know, people, people talk about his arrogant personality. Um, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He talks about politics. He has interests other than football. Um, they say all these things like they're super negative. Like, my God, like, are we really going to nitpick that much? This guy's a player. He did have concussion issues. Um, at UCLA, you know, some teams might pass on him because of that, but yeah, I, I think it's great, man. He could have, you know, he could have easily stepped up there to the mic and said, yeah, it just feels good to be drafted. You know, I feel so blessed, but you know, it's really refreshing to hear him just say, yeah, I'm pissed off. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so yes, I, I'm team Rosen for sure. I like it. Um, all right, well, let's talk about some of those reaches that you got. Some of the questionable picks and where the teams got him at. So, we talked about Hayden Hurst and Terrell Edmonds already. Uh, Colton Miller, um, you know, I, I said on the podcast, I have him at 23 in my mock, but I said I kind of hated that. Um, but teams reach for tackles just like they reach for quarterbacks. Um, I was tempted to put McGlinchey as a reach too, but he's actually a good player. So, I didn't want to do that. Um, I don't think Colton Miller's very good. I think that was a huge reach. Um, the Patriots, I, I do Dawson, like, Maybe on a fourth rounder at best, um, and then the Raiders to take a you know a punter not named uh, Dickinson in the fifth. That's just a mistake. Yeah, how do you pick that over the best punter in the country? Yeah, so you know those, those were a few reaches. Um, not 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 as many as you know I thought there'd be. Teams teams drafted pretty well this year. I actually liked quite a few teams drafts. If you don't want to go into that. Yeah, I the biggest reach that I saw is the Saints moving up to the 13th pick and picking Marcus Davenport from UTSA and giving up a first-round draft pick in the process when other teams oh are God, only yeah. getting second-round picks. To me, you gave up a first-round pick next year. Um, That's a huge reach and a huge cost for it. Yeah, I didn't really get that, man. I... I... You know, Marcus Davenport's good. I saw him as a first-round player. Um, I think they, you know, if they wanted to trade up, they could have traded up into, you know, early 20s and got him. Um, to trade up to 14, I don't know about y'all. I thought they were going to get Lamar Jackson. Um, they, they've been linked to him. Teams really, you know, it's, it's not often that teams will trade that far up and it not be a quarterback. And then for them to call Marcus Davenport's name, I, I was pretty, uh, pretty surprised by that. Yeah, I mean, I think they gave up, what was it, they gave up a, like a, a first round next year and a third round this year or something. Uh, there were teams mm-hmm. moving up before that, giving up two second round picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was 
I mean, we talk about it in fantasy all the time, but this is the classic trade rate. The trade rate. Like, it was yeah. a classic trade rate. I mean, I, And then if you, look, if you look at the other side of that trade and look what the Packers did with it. Oh, I know. So they went and got Jair Alexander, and then they turn around and get Josh Jackson. So their, their secondary just became instantly better. And they probably got the guy they were going to pick anyway. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> 100%. They, 100%. They, they definitely needed a lot of help in the secondary, and they were just they were that bully in the fantasy football league who picked on the newbie who's in his first year. The craziest thing about that pick to me was that that made Marcus Davenport of UTSA the first pick for a player out of a Texas college. Like what? What would have been the odds on the first player from a Texas school being drafted and being UTSA? Like plus a thousand? Like they're like the odds of that just seem crazy to me. Like I, I want to know the first time that a kid from UTSA went in a draft before a kid from UT. I'll tell you, probably never. Yeah, I think so too. Yep. Yep. I'm pretty sure it's never. Yep. Unless someone got drafted last year, but yeah. I don't even believe it did. I don't think so. But yeah, go ahead and hit on a couple teams that, that you liked and didn't like. Okay, uh, so let's start with the Falcons. Um, they took Calvin Ridley in the first. Um, and I think he's going to match up great with Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley's, he, you know, I don't, I don't really see him being like a, uh, you know, a true number one superstar someday. But he's going to be an awesome number two um, for years to come, just playing with Julio Jones. That that offense just got a lot better. And then to turn around and take Isaiah Oliver in the late second, I thought that was great value. Um, Deidre and Sanat in the late third addressed a pretty big need. And then also they got Edo Smith in the fourth, which uh, Kevin Coleman's contract is about to come up, and he uh, he looks like he's going to fill in that role. So, you know, I liked what the Falcons did a lot. I thought they did a good job. Hey, I'm a big brother this moment real quick and say that if you want to hear about Mitchell's notable teams, you can go read his blog. I'm coming in here. I want to hear about the Dallas Cowboys and what they did in this draft. Because everyone here is a Cowboys fan, and most of everyone who listens to our podcast is. So if you want to check out what Mitchell has to say about the Bears and the Broncos, go check out his blog spot. But little brother, tell me about the Dallas Cowboys, baby. Man, I don't think, you know, I've watched every draft that I can remember. I've never really felt better about a draft than what they did this year um they they got you know I'll, I'll just start i'll start from the first pick um leighton van der Esch, linebacker boise state um i think you know as weeks went on it, it became pretty clear that that he was their guy um they like him a lot he can play every position um he's still got a lot of room to grow he's an ascending player and he shows up that need with the first pick so, you know, some, you know, I actually kind of wanted them to trade up for Derwin James. But when you look what they did with their second and third picks, um, I'm glad they didn't. So, uh, you know, Van Esch is going to be compete for the starting Mike uh, linebacker position from day one. And I, uh, I'm i thrilled about it. I'm stoked. What, what do you all think about it? Yeah, you kind of talked me into it. I, I was... A little bit skeptical about taking another white middle linebacker, but uh, you, you kind of talked me into it. I think if the kid does add a little bit of weight, a um, little bit of muscle, he's got the he's got the size to, to play the position. Um, 
but yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited about it. I'm glad they stuck to their guns, and uh, I'm glad Jerry didn't make any rash decisions and uh, sign trade up for Baker Mayfield or something weird. I actually, uh, I heard that if they were going to trade up to like 16 or 17, it was going to trade up to get Lane Van Der Esch, So you know that that wow. would have been a that would have been exhilarating if they would have traded up because everyone would have thought they would have taken Derwin James, but I really thought it would have been this guy. Wow. But, uh, okay, let's go to the second pick. Um, this is personally my favorite pick of the draft, the Cowboys. Connor Williams, um, University of Texas. He's going to start at left guard um, as long as he can stay healthy. For him to fall to 50, um, you know, I think teams were really just overthinking this one. And when he got there, they didn't flinch. They ran up to the podium and got him. Um, he... He's awesome, man. I, I really, I really think that he's gonna bring the Cowboys' run game back to what it was in 2016. The thing with the thing with Connor Williams is that everyone was judging him based off of what he did this past year, and little do they know that he was hurt all year long. The games that he played in, he was hurt. So mm-hmm. yep. it, it finally got to the point to where they had to take him out. He had to rest everything. He was out majority of the year. Um, comes back in and, you know, starts laying people out. He could have had ACL surgery, uh, decided not to do it. Um, it, it's, it's amazing what that kid was able to battle through. And thankfully for Cowboys fans, we're glad that everyone overlooked him because this is a steal. Yeah. Yeah. There were absolute steal. He can play a combo. He can play guard. He can play center. He can play tackle. He can play every position along the line. And that's exactly what the Cowboys need. Yeah, and the best thing about this pick, in my opinion, was, you know, in the first couple of mock drafts of the year, they were talking about him being a possible top 10 draft pick in the first round. And for him to fall that far was a little demoralizing, at least being a UT fan. But um, when he was still on the board and the Cowboys had their second round pick, I was like, we have to do it. We have to do it and make it because our our left side of that line is was terrible last year. And I think the, uh, if y'all think back to the Atlanta Falcons game, um, you know the game Chaz Green gave up six sacks when Tyron went out. You know, I think Jerry Jerry doesn't want that to ever happen again. Um, and I think that was a big part of this pick. If you know if something does happen to Tyron Smith's back this year. Connor can slide over to left tackle, and then they can use one of their depth pieces, um, probably Marcus Smart, to slide into guard. So I think they really like that versatility. Yeah, I like the pick a lot. Um, tell me about this kid, Michael Gallup, because I'd never heard anything about him when he made the when they made the pick. Um, don't know anything about Colorado State, and then I heard people saying what a beast he actually is. Yeah, man. Um, a lot of people. You know, I liked Anthony Miller a lot. He actually went into pick 51 right after the Cowboys pick. But uh, I had Michael Gallup right up there with him. And I, I almost, you know, I almost had him going 50 in my first mock. Um, in fact, some of the Cowboys staff, um, you know, a few of the guys were actually cheering for him to be the pick at 50. Um, they pass and, you know, slipped to 81, which I don't, I don't understand it. He's not... Um, you know, if you look at the 40, he's not really going to impress you. But what he does do extremely well, he's, he's a very crisp route runner. Um, every step he takes has a purpose. 
um, good hands, tracks the ball well. Um, I compare him a lot to uh, Pierre Garcon. He's going to be good. Um, I like it a lot. I think that expecting him to be Tez Bryant in the first year is a mistake. Um, you know, people need to temper expectations a little bit. But I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's outrageous to say by the end of the year he can be the team's best receiver. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'm, that makes me even more confident in the pick. Um, the, the big news with the Cowboys, Jason Witten uh, announced his retirement the day after the first round. He didn't announce his retirement. Well, there's speculation. There's speculation. Yeah. Well, All right. Until he comes out and says anything, we don't speculate. know. Tell me what you think about Dalton Schultz, the tight end that they did draft uh, from Stanford. Dalton Schultz, yeah, so that, that uh, Jason Witten news came out uh, right before day two. I think some people wanted them to take Dallas Goddard, um, <laughs> you know, and the Eagles hops right ahead of us. Who knows if that would have been the pick. Um, but, yeah, Dalton Schultz, he's not really going to blow you away in anything. Um, reliable hands, good in-line blocker. Um, it'll be a good safety net for Dak. Uh, you know, kind of, be a, kind of a poor man's Jason Witten, um, I'd say. So he's going to get a chance to start. He's going to, you know, compete with uh, Jeff Swaim and Plank Jarwin and those scrubs. So, um, hey, don't forget about Rico you know, Gathers now. Rico Gathers. Okay. Yeah. Scrub. I don't want to. Maybe you know. I, I don't want to keep doing this though. I feel like every, every the last couple of years I've been doing that and uh, getting excited about him when he makes a couple big catches in the preseason. But um, you know, hopefully he proves me wrong. But. The Dalton Schultz pick, um, it was safe, nothing flashy, um, you know, not much to really be excited about, but, you know, overall, just a decent pick. I want to go back to this one guy we skipped over, though. Yeah, please. Um, Doris, Doris Armstrong, um, Ed Rusher from Kansas, he, uh, you know, he was one of the, similar to Connor Williams, had a much better 2016, um, played through a couple injuries in 2017. A lot of teams saw he was more of a third-round player. In fact, the Cowboys tried to trade up into the back of the third to get him, but uh, they couldn't, and for some reason he fell anyway. Um, so they once again, they got their guy that they were targeting, which is just awesome. He, uh, one thing they say about this guy is that his motor just doesn't stop. He played on, you know, I think when he was at Kansas, they had a total record for the three years he was there, like three and 33 and he still just didn't stop. He um, showed consistent hustle. Um, he does a good job of, you know, avoiding the trash in the pocket. Um, sometimes can get a little wide as a running back when he's boosting the passer. But, you know, he's a good player. And the uh, No one knows if Marcus Lawrence is going to get signed through this next year. He's only on a one-year deal. So um, I think it was a good good thing to address this need. Yeah, but you always got to remember, Randy Gregory, getting reinstated, all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't oh, know about boy. that guy. Oh, boy. Does he have uh, his life together yet? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think so. What do, you, what do you think about the quarterback pick? Uh, losing Kellen Moore oh. and gaining a quarterback coach this past offseason, uh, we we drafted a white quarterback named Mike White. Uh, could you get a more white name than that? No, no. <laughs> Mike White is a big person. No, it's not. Um, you know, Ken, it's funny you mentioned Kellen Moore. He actually was a big a big reason they drafted this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he went down and he personally worked him out at Western Kentucky, and uh, 
saw a lot of him, and I think the Cowboys really liked him. Um, I did have in my mock them taking a developmental guy, not till the seventh round. Um, in the fifth, you know, it may seem a little rich, but not for this guy. He was really right behind that top five tier of quarterbacks. Um, I think I, I had him above Mason Rudolph and For them to take him in the fifth round, um, I love it. He used to, uh, he was an MLB pitching prospect in high school. He got a hell of an arm. He looks, um, looks the part. He was a great leader at Western Kentucky. Um, I like the pick. I absolutely love this pick. This kid played really, really well. I think he threw like, what is it, 60 touchdowns to 15 interceptions throughout his career, something like that. Had over um, 4,000 yards last season. It, he can sling the ball. And all the great, I say all the great, most of the iconic quarterbacks in this league right now are quarterbacks that were late draft picks that just came through and had stellar careers. This kid could actually be one of those guys. Um, Dak is right now, but Dak's going to have to get a hefty, hefty paycheck from Dallas at some point. If this kid progresses enough, who knows? He reminds me more of a Tony Romo than he does anything else. Dak's contract ends in, I think, you know, what is it, two more seasons? Mm -hmm. Um, After this season, he's got three more. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, if he if this guy does develop, um, you know, either either he does step in if we can't pay Dak, or you know, maybe we do what the Patriots do with Jimmy Garoppolo and trade him for a second round pick. Um, you know, big big fan of this pick. All right, run down those uh, the other two picks, uh, the two picks we had in the sixth round, and talk about that trade for Tavon Austin. Uh, two picks in the sixth. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend like I know who the hell Chris Covington is. Fair enough. Um, but what I read was he, uh, he, he did play quarterback at the beginning of his uh, college career. So, you know, what that says is he's got good football IQ. He knows what's going on in the field. Um, he's trying to make the roster. He's going to have to uh, show what he can do on special teams. I think that's pretty normal. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. You know, nothing, nothing really – Exciting there, but who knows? Um, their second pick of six, they took Cedric Wilson, another Boise State guy. Man, what is with these Boise State guys? They love them. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I saw. I think I saw you tweet or post something on Facebook. It's like, well, Dallas drafts another uh, Boise guy. Go figure. I've got to take. I think Jerry Jones is going to try to change our field to Cowboys blue, and he just wants to get a bunch of Boise players who are used to playing on on that type of surface. That makes sense. Love it. Oh god. And if that happens, I'm done. <laughs> the cowboy blue turf, uh, silver time. star in the middle. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. I'm out on I'm out on cowboy blue turf. <laughs> okay, so Cedric Wilson, he's uh from what I from what I was able to watch in you know the last couple of days, he's a uh, you know real deep threat. Um, constantly make big plays at Boise State, so he's going to be competing with like uh, Deontay Thompson. Um, you know I. I I'd be pretty surprised if both of them make the roster. Um, so he, he has a chance. He has some traits that separate him a little bit. Um, he's more exciting than a guy like Bryce Butler. But, uh, you know, he, he's got a chance to make the team. So they did um, they did double dip at wide receiver and linebacker. So um, I 
thought that was a good move. Um, provide some depth. And then this last pick, and then I'll go into the table on Austin trade. Um, Bo Scarborough, were any of y'all excited about that? Dude, I was absolutely I'm pumped. I was stoked about it. I could not believe he was still there in late, in, late in the seventh round. I'd forgotten about him. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, he's yeah, alright. Uh, it's pretty clear what the Cowboys want to do this year with the Connor Williams and Bo Scarborough. They, they want to run the damn ball. Um, Dak friendly. I don't think they... <laughs> I don't think they would have ever drafted Bo Scarborough that if the Tatum Austin trade didn't happen, because I know they were looking for a, um, a running back who can catch the ball out of the past few uh, out of the backfield. So about the Tatum Austin trade, so it looked like they uh, what they traded six round six round pick for him. Yeah. Um, once they saw some of their running back targets go off, you know they wanted Edo Smith, they wanted Naheem Hines. Um, you know, once those guys went, they they decided to go a different direction and take Tavon Austin. So they're gonna, they're going to use him as a um, as a scat back, trying to see what kind of creative stuff they can do with him. Um, kind of use him in a Lance Dunbar role, um, return kicks and punts. And then that signing is what led to them trading Switzer, um, because it just was kind of redundant, I guess, to have Switzer. Tavon Austin and Cole Beasley all on the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, so they traded uh, Switzer for Jahad Ward since they neglected it to draft a defensive tackle, which I thought was very surprising. <laughs> but yeah, couple couple uh, notable moves. What did y'all think about them getting rid of Switzer? I was excited for him this year. I was okay with the uh, with the Switzer trade. A lot of people wanted to freak out and like, oh, why did we trade him? He had so much potential. Well, you know. There's only so much potential before you got to let somebody go if he's not producing or not working his way into a starting job. He cost us a football game this year with that fumble. Um, yeah. He said one highlight play, and that yeah. was his lone touchdown. I wasn't disappointed with that, but I do love the Tavon Austin pickup uh, as a replacement. Um, the guy was a first-round draft pick, and we got him for sixth round. So uh, I was pretty stoked about that one. Yeah. Um uh, they, it was a weird development. Um, one more thing, one more kind of big picture thing I'd want to hit on with the Cowboys is it's actually what they didn't do, and they didn't draft a safety. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were pretty surprised by that. But what that does say is they have a lot of faith that Xavier Woods and Kayvon Frazier this year. I think those guys are going to be the starters. Or, or it has uh, it, it's got a kind of a darker, deeper look into uh, the fact that they still have hope that they can trade for Earl Thomas. Next year, second. Uh, I'm okay with it. The thing about the Cowboys yeah, I mean, is this: is if too, just... you think about this, let's say Jason Witten does retire, then you have like twenty million dollars in dead cap money with Jason Witten and Tony Romo and Des Bryant now cut. I mean, that's huge. So if you even yeah. attempted to get Earl Thomas this year, you wouldn't have the money to pay him until next year. So even if you did get him and try to sign him to an extension, you really couldn't even put anything on paper until next year. That's going to be the problem with Dallas getting Earl Thomas. Yeah. Is all that dead yeah, cap money that the Cowboys have. Cool. Yeah, the Cowboys have too much dead cap. Um, it sucks, but I think you know next year... Tony's off the books, and De- De- uh, Dez will be off the books. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's going to get better. Yeah. Well, uh, 
You want to go ahead and wrap it up, Ballad? Yeah, Mitchell, appreciate you calling in once again on the Sports Buzz. Uh, as we get into the offseason, hopefully we can get you on to talk a little fantasy, talk a little NFL. As you know, NFL, uh, football season never ends in Texas. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me on. Always, hey, man. man. You're welcome anytime, buddy. Have a good one. Tell Mama said I love her. Yep, y'all too. Talk to you later. <laughs> oh, oh, that welcome, was a great interview. Welcome man. back. Yeah, that was uh, our interview with Mitchell Ballad, our draft expert. Um, <laughs> he has some great insight. Uh, go check out his blog, his final blog from this year's draft. Um, but uh, Chad, you wanted to do some front page news, right? Yeah, I really want to jump into front page news. That's too bad. I'm already holding Lana. We don't have time to do front page news tonight. We're going to get right into. The Nightcap, and I am... Sponsored go- by Strangeland Brewery. Sponsored by Strangeland Brewery. A beer for every candy and all occasions. <laughs> He's so scared. He's so nervous right now. I can't tell if I'm more nervous or long nervous. You haven't gotten my hand yet. But, uh, The Nightcap tonight comes to us actually from our alma mater, the old Texas State University. Uh, guys, did you, did you catch on Twitter the fiasco that happened when the fake... Texas Insider account tweeted out that Jalen Hurts, the Alabama quarterback, would be transferring to Texas State University. Did anybody catch this, or was I the only one on Twitter watching this happen? Uh, I, I only saw it because I saw your tweets. Um, and then I saw my brother's response to your tweet. So I thought for sure, you know, Ballad's got to know what he's talking about. It's got to be a real thing. Uh, so it turned out that there was a fake Twitter account that only had about 200 followers that tweeted out that Jalen Hurts would be transferring to the Texas State University to play football next season, and the internet lost their mind. Nobody, well, there was a bunch of people that were like, of course this is not going to happen, and then there were a bunch of people that were like, uh, maybe this could happen, and I was one of those people. I was trolling everybody <laughs> who said that Texas State would. There's no way they could get Jalen Hurts. God, I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> she's got these little feet, and they feel like they could be bites. Maybe uh, she's learned that she only gets held every once in a while, and uh, and she's not going to. She's anymore. like, maybe I should stop biting people, and they'll hold me more. That's probably true. So far, so good. Uh, but I haven't heard is, any yelps from him. This is fantastic, though. Whoever tweeted this out, because um, it just opened the door for a bunch of trolls like yourself, uh, Mr. Ballad, to go in there and just talk hypotheticals. Yeah, what if, you know? I mean, what he if could it definitely go the Cam Newton route. I mean, even though Cam Newton went to Juco, but it's kind of the same thing. Kind of the same <laughs> thing. Oh, she jumps. <laughs> <laughs> you could easily take a team that went, what, three and nine last year? And, uh, or three and eight and take them to uh, right, they the won promised two, land. Uh, they won two games. Oh. Yeah. They two hit, and nine and take them to the promised land. They hit oh, the wow. over-under. I like the two. idea that if Jalen Hurts was going to the NFL, this is a good season to take off and make sure that he doesn't get hurt by playing in the Sun Belt, where uh, players are you know, half the size that they are in the SEC. That is true. Hey, come on now. Why don't you just give her a good grab around the waist? I and... I'm trying to put her back in my hands. <laughs> no, you're scared to grab her. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Uh, I do want to update the show bet. Uh, Winnipeg somehow added two goals. Two goals in the last couple minutes. I think those were own uh, open nets. So, Ballad, um, we did lose our show bet of plus one and a half for Nashville. Mm. Great. Seven to four. hits every time. Hey, 11. You know what? Perfect. I just want to let you know, eleven total goals were scored in that game. Eleven. Um, eleven. Seven to four. Jesus Christ! 
That's the second game where one team has scored at least seven goals in the second round. So maybe right. start betting hockey overs. Well, on that note, let's let's end this show because I'm sick of tiring. <laughs> sick of <old> <laughs> um, no, this is unfair. You, she needs to be in your hands. She's not in your hands right now. She was, but she's scared. No, she wasn't. She, you were scared. scared. You were scared, and now you're scared I'm, to grab her. I'm, I don't want to grab her. That's for damn sure. Well, I want you to get bit because I want her to <laughs> remain 100%. Well, I mean, she would still be 100% of people who have held her have bit her because she's bit me before. Oh, fair enough. I guess so. All right. Well, fine. I guess that's going to do it for us. Uh, She likes this little thing, so. I'm a little disappointed. Hey, we're all all disappointed, but. You let me down, Lana. You let me down. I know. Yeah, go go back. Go back to your cage. So, that was was definitely the danger zone. That was was a letdown, man. Yeah, right? But it was exciting. You you win some, you lose some. It was fun to see his. the terrified look on his face Honestly, while trying to explain Lana, his story. I think Lana was pretty happy with that, though. But you know what? Fuck you guys. I can't believe you guys are rooting for me to get bit. I thought we were all, you know, teammates here. No, we're definitely teammates, and I wanted Lana not to bite you so that you would actually attempt to pick her up more often. No, that's not going to That's happen. never going to happen. Uh, ain't nobody got time for that. Someone did compare Lana to a piece of art that I bought. She <laughs> kind of sits around. Time out. You, you just look art, at it. Or- Lana is your art. Lana is the piece of art. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just look at it. You never touch it. It just stays in one place. I will say she is fat as shit. She's I mean, so fat. Hey, she's work- She's exercising she's right now. She's plump. Hey, I'm the only one here who can talk shit about Lana. She is muscular. You <laughs> see the work that she puts in on that hamster wheel? She's on a strict diet of carrot shreds and whatever H-E-B sells for hamsters. And <laughs> I think it's working out pretty well. I think it's working out pretty well. Is that where she gets the protein? She gets the protein. I think if you'd ask her, would you rather, if you ask any hamster, would you rather be sickly skinny or extremely uh, well fed? Well fed. I, th- I think you take the well fed route. It's probably true. Yeah, most likely. Very true. Um, well, Ballad, I'm I'm impressed. I'm proud of you for uh, owning up to that bet so bravely on your own hamster, who is the attack hamster. Um, thanks for pressing buttons and hosting us as well, my friend. It's a pleasure to host the podcast. You did well on this new equipment. Uh, thanks for taking time to go out and get it. Yeah. Um, I will get to know this equipment a little bit better in the future. Uh, Hopefully. Maybe next week, maybe later this summer, maybe sometime 2019. Yeah. We will see. We'll see. <laughs> um, Chad, thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, co-hosting the show and keeping us on board. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure. Well, maybe not keeping us on board all the time, but no, you, you I try. definitely get us off the rails a lot. <laughs> oh, did we mention that you hit the chicken wing flavor? Oh, I did hit the chicken wing flavor. I forgot to mention that. That was the one. Oh, the only bet I missed tonight was the uh, show bet, and I'll take blame for that. So you have to buy a scratch off on the way home. You've been on lights, lights out, and I want to hear the results of that. Okay. Next week on the pro show. Okay, I'm gonna go do it. Um, but uh, that's gonna do it for us, guys. Uh, thanks to Mitchell Ballad for joining the show once again, giving us that great draft insight. Uh, we'll have him on very soon to talk some fantasy football and some of those uh draft rookies and standouts. So stay tuned for that. I'm your host, Spencer Spellman. Until next week, we're the Sports Buzz, and we are out! This party is officially over.